Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your podcast for all things skeptical. I'm your host, Jordan, and with me is Jared. How's it going, Jared? It is going well. I'm feeling extra skeptical today. Something in particular got you extra skeptical? Uh, this podcast, actually. I was just like, hey, we got the podcast yeah. tonight. I'm like getting my skeptical but side do we? on. I mean, can you be sure? Well, actually, I, I'm not sure now that you're saying that. Um, <laughs> I should, I should, I should have reason to doubt that we we're actually doing this podcast. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Actually, no. that's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about aliens and whether or not we've seen them. Not just we, but the royal we, like humanity in general. But before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by the proportionality bias. This bias, succinctly put, is the tendency for people to think that big things, big events, have big causes. So this leads a lot of people to get into like conspiratorial mindsets or conspiracy type thinking. Uh, for example, you know, JFK was assassinated in 1963, um, and that still talked about today. There's still new conspiracies coming up for that. Uh, it just exploded. Like there had to be all these huge causes that was the result of the assassination, not just somebody was just wanting to shoot Wait, him. It's so widespread. It's actually used as like a reference conspiracy yeah. for polls. When the, like I saw a poll where they were checking like how conspiracies were perceived on the right versus the left in the political spectrum. But the JFK conspiracy was one that like had bipartisan support. I mean, and you can compare that to, you know, Reagan's uh, assassination attempt and, and like how, you know, because Reagan survives, there's not that many things about it. You know, it's like yeah. you'll uh, you'll never hear a Ronald Reagan assassination conspiracy. At least I haven't heard of one. If, if it exists, it's much, much less popular yeah. than the it's, JFK. But if you think about it, like it's the same event. Yeah. President a, got shot. A president got shot. One of those presidents died. And that had that was a big event had big consequences, and so it needs a big cause. And so you have this massive shadowy organization. There were two shooters. There's the CIA, whatever. But you have Reagan. It's a small event. President got shot, but he was fine. And so, like, it has... it. The, the bias would lead you to say it only needs a small yeah. explanation, when, in fact, they are the same thing. Now, that's not to say that they don't have a big explanation but it's just that this bias leads people to assume those explanations more often than not right so big events can be caused by small things you big events can be caused by big things small events can be caused by big things you just want to look at whatever explanation explains all of the evidence as simply as possible with the fewest ad hoc assumptions and sometimes that explanation is just one crazy guy on a hill yeah. When you start adding, so the ad hoc part is like, oh, but you know, he must've been working for the Cubans and then the Cubans must've been working for the Russians. And then, well, that, that means and that the, they were, the CIA was actually infiltrating the Russians and like, and the Russians were clearly working for aliens. Yes. Which brings us to today's episode. Aliens. Um, well, so not really aliens though, right? No, no, actually that I'm, I'm joking. It's not aliens. So yeah. we are actually going to be talking about the UAP report. Uh, which you, I've heard called the UF, like the Pentagon report, even though it wasn't prepared by the Pentagon, or at least I don't think you think it was prepared for the Pentagon. It was actually know. prepared for Congress, I believe. And right. this was like a condensed version for the public. Right, exactly. But in any case, the government produced a report, uh, I believe, let's see, this is July 
in, in late June, so like last month sometime. And leading up to it particularly, there was a lot of buzz about how the, the, the government was going to reveal evidence of aliens or they were finally taking this seriously. And you know, there were many other people, myself included, who were taking the tack of, well, we haven't seen it yet and probably not. Yeah. Uh, so now we've all seen it. So now we can talk about it. And the one thing that struck me too is like apparently there was a switch between UFO and UAP, uh, and I don't remember that switch happening. But like as soon as this report came out, I was like, huh. Yeah. So UFO, which is the classic term, means unidentified flying object. This report is on UAPs, which I guess is, like you said, now the new terminology. This is the first I've heard of it, but it makes a lot more sense. It stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Yeah, that does make a lot more sense because UFO implies that there is an object flying in the sky and it's unidentified. And as right. we'll get into, a lot of these things are not flying objects. So. Right. It excludes explanations before. You know, just at the outset. Yeah. Um, so this isn't the first time the government has put together a report on unidentified aerial phenomena. Um, probably most famously, you have the Blue Book report, which was put out in the 60s, right? Yeah, it was released in, uh, it concluded in 1969. It actually started uh, in 1952. Um, it was called Project Blue Book. Um, that was probably the most famous one, and that one actually looked at a collection of 12,618 UFO reports totals. And um, there was a couple reports before that the U.S. Air Force did, one in 47 uh, called Project Sign, and then right after that was Project Grudge. Um, I think maybe the first like appearance of, of the UFOs or something was from 1947, actually, at, at Mount Rainier. Yeah, a gentleman by the name of Kenneth Arnold was flying in a small private plane, and he claimed to have seen a group of nine objects flying near him. Uh, he described them as crescent-shaped objects. He said that they were moving several thousands of miles per hour, and he called. He said that they were moving like quote saucers skipping on water, and newspapers incorrectly quoted him at the time as saying that they were saucer-shaped and. Flying saucers were born. Boom. Were born from that. Yeah. Um, and a month later, you have Roswell, right? Which was a total a snafu of just the government just messing it up and botching it. Like, oh yeah. The, so what happened was a rancher outside of an army base in Roswell, New Mexico, saw like a ton of wreckage on the ground, yeah, and took pictures of it and stuff, and they got out, and the government very ineptly covered it up or attempted to cover it up and it didn't do a very good job. And so the answer they gave was it's a weather balloon, which is kind of partly true if you want to believe declassified documents now. So it's, it's been many years. Documents got declassified over time. And according to those declassified documents that we now have, it was a balloon. That balloon was for a top secret project called Project Mogul. And it, these were balloons they had with a bunch of microphones and stuff a lot of surveillance equipment with the intent to, to uh, monitor Soviet weapons testing. Yeah. And the project didn't go anywhere because it was very expensive. And it turns out seismic sensors were a lot easier and cheaper to make, but it was like a very sophisticated balloon, you know? And they so, got, yeah. The whole thing was, a, it was a debacle. Uh, the government didn't have a very good spin department back then, apparently. Uh, but both of those events happening in 47 really spun off this, this phenomena of just UFO sightings, UFO reportings and stuff. And then 
you know, up until the late 60s, like it was just UFO mania, basically. And uh, what I really liked about this uh, Project Blue Book report that we mentioned a second ago, um, it concluded at the end in 1969, there has been no evidence indicating that sightings categorized are extraterrestrial vehicles. Uh, you very can go categorical with, stance. Yeah, very categorical, just straight up to the point. Like, And this was in 69. But you can go to the, the U.S. Uh, archives website and actually look at these reports and look at them yourself. So, um. so that's what the government has done in the past. You fast forward to today, and, and from that report, you might think, okay, the government's decided there's nothing to it. We're done. Uh, you fast forward to today, and now the Office of the Director of National Intelligence is puts together this report for Congress, and they talk about aerial phenomena. And so they're looking at it because through today there have still been sightings, and these sightings that they're examining are uh, being reported by military personnel, usually on training missions, a lot of times it's pilots or weapons operators and things like that. The range of time it covers is 2004 to 2021. Um, 2004 probably because that was the Nimitz uh, incident. And in case you're not familiar with that, it's kind of a it, it was a big modern day quote-unquote UFO or UAP sighting. Basically, you and you can look up footage of it. You can see it for yourself. Yeah. There was uh, weapons operators looking through a camera, which, I mean, I've looked through cameras like this, and uh, you can see an object that looks like a little tic-tac. It's like white and kind of fuzzy and oblong-ish in shape, and white in this case meaning was hot. And so they track it for a little while, and then it like zips out of you super fast. And so that kind of video is very indicative of the sort of videos and evidence and reports that this report is covering. Yeah. And that that would be the best case scenario for evidence presented in this report. Right. So the important conclusion right up front from this report, it's only nine pages. So it's, it's very easy to read, but aliens are never mentioned at all. Nothing even hinting at it the entire time. The report is very to the point, and most importantly, they're very clear about what they don't know, which was really the whole thrust of the report. Yeah, they make no assumptions or anything. I think this is a good example of a a report that was tailored for public consumption. They knew that people were going to be reading this and going over it with a fine-tooth comb, and they Mm -hmm. did a really good job of actually laying out the evidence in a very purposeful way well they did a good job of just of demonstrating skepticism if you think about it because they don't claim to do more than the evidence says uh but anyway to the report they say that there's a uh there's a department that is geared towards this specific thing to looking at unidentified aerial phenomena and trying to figure out what they are and the people in this department have determined that it, it was very difficult for them to do their job. The UAP task force it was very difficult for them to do their job because reports were all over the place. They were spotty. Some people weren't reporting things. And so they took charge and tried to better formalize the reporting process to make it consistent across the military and other government organizations and intelligence groups. So that uh, for two reasons, once they'd get better data, and it allows you to do better analysis. But two, it also helps to destigmatize it a little bit if the government is taking these kind of reports seriously. The report 
they said the best data comes 2019 or later. They weren't super clear as to what changed in 2019. They, they said basically it's like better reporting processes. They don't go into detail as to like what made them better. But I, I guess they upgraded their reporting process in yeah. some way in 2019. And that, That's how long it takes for government to actually get something done. Like they, yeah, they, they started, talked about it in 2004 like, and then they got it to work in 15 years later. 15 years later, right. <laughs> but definitely based on the same technology from 15 years ago, for yeah. sure. Anyway, uh, so the this report covers 144 incidents or 144 reports, which cover something less than 144 incidents. Some yeah. of them are double. And they said that 80 of these reports uh, include data from multiple sensors. And a sensor in this context is everything from the FLIR weapon system, like thermal cameras, to radar, to human eyeballs. Those are all different kinds of sensors. So 80 of them were multiple sensors, which means like maybe someone saw it with their eyes and they also they saw it back up with something in over a here. camera or yeah. something, or maybe they saw it in radar and also through a scope. But that means that 64 of them, the remaining 45% were from a single source. So only someone's eyeballs who are only a, only that FLIR weapon system or whatever. Right. That's important that that's very relevant because if you only have one source detecting it, that means you only have one single point of failure. Right. It's a lot harder to rule out um, malfunctioning in the equipment or something else like that. And also if you only have one perspective, so something that might be hard to identify through a system, which remember is not typically geared to identifying random nonsense flying around the air. The, this, like the weapon system for the Nimitz, for instance, its purpose is not to identify what exactly this object is. It's to give you a high contrast image between the object and the stuff around it so that you can shoot it. Yeah. It's that's designed it's, to shoot something. Right. Hey, that thing's really hot. It's right. let's just shoot it. That thing's really hot and it's big and it's moving fast. Let's shoot it. Like that's the only thing that it cares about. So, uh, and of course, if you're dealing with someone's eyeballs, it's often the case where humans believe other humans before we might believe other systems. An eyewitness account tends to sound very persuasive. They usually come coupled with a cool story or whatever, uh, but we know, and especially if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that human eyewitnesses are probably the worst one yeah. of all the different systems you could have. And, and human visions particularly is extremely bad. <laughs> right. So I would probably go so far as to say as any report that has as its only input a single human being's eyeballs, I'm not sure I'd go so far as to say just to dismiss it out of hand but I wouldn't put a ton of stock into it. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, like it doesn't hold as much weight as something that's been corroborated by a human eyeball and one of these, you know, targeting systems right. or something. But on the flip side, if you do have multiple systems, you have, you know, an infrared camera and then you have radar and you have something else, then the number of things that could like fool all of them or, or that they could all be making the same mistake in the same way. So that they all perceive the same, a same, thing as an object that's much less likely so if if you have more than one thing looking at it then you can be more confident that the thing you're detecting as an object is in fact an object yeah well speaking of detecting things as objects out of these 144 uh items how many of them are actually identified that would be one they successfully <laughs> identified a single object and it was 
Now, now I have to say, after talking about Roswell, this sounds completely made up because they said it's a deflating balloon, which I'm sure is legitimate. But it's like, come on, guys, balloons again. You yeah. know, like we've done this one before. Yeah. Is that the only is, is that the only thing you have? It's so, a balloon. There's a bunch of guys in the CIA. Like, oh, hear me out. What if we put some microphones on a balloon and send it up? <laughs> or like the guy gets caught cheating at the neighbor's house. Like, honey, it's a balloon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so they only successfully identified one object. So right. 143 other items still unidentified, which means it goes into one of five categories. I identified five different categories that things could fall into. One is airborne clutter, such as deflating balloons, or this one was interesting to me, plastic bags. So like you're like your Walmart bag. Get yeah, blown just, up into the air. This sits and there and that, floats. And floats and it's like moving around with the wind. And that can actually show up in these sensors as an object. Well, I mean, it is an object, but yeah. it doesn't look like a plastic bag, so I'm told. Which is one thing to keep in mind, too, is these sensors uh, aren't designed, they're not like um, laser, you know, range finders, right? They're not saying, oh, that item is 140 yards away, which means it's, you know, two meters big. Like, a plastic bag 20 feet in front of one of these sensors could throw it off. You wouldn't know, like, how far away it, it is it or might, the size. Yeah, It might look like something fur- further away that's bigger. And also, you have to remember, because if, like you said, and this is speculation, but it, you look at something like the Nimitz incident and it, like, moves really fast, right? And how could that possibly happen? Well, what you're seeing is an object that's very small, and your mind is saying, oh, that is something that is far away. But that's not necessarily the case. It could be an object that's just very small, and it's close to you. And if it's close to you, then its relative motion will be faster when it moves to the side. Because you're perceiving it as being something, yeah. Right. It's uh, the the, uh, radial momentum, its radial velocity is faster compared to something that's further away that's an explanation anyways but yeah um, anyway sorry that's the first object airborne clutter (laughs) that's airborne clutter the second one is atmosphere phenomenon ice crystals clouds yeah normal normal weather uh the third one is where it starts getting interesting u.s government classified projects so that's like the roswell incident where it was actually classified stuff that's where the government's like hey we know you saw something we can't tell you what it was, but it's not an alien. <laughs> right. Uh, and a- another example that there were sightings of like stealth bombers yeah. or people seeing like weird flying objects when the stealth bomber was being tested. Yeah. The U2 project was also. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The fourth category is kind of the same thing for an advers- adversary system. So that's the same thing. But instead of us doing it, it's somebody else like the Russians or Chinese or whomever. And the last category is other means anything that's not the other four categories. So this is an exhaustive, every object in the universe is covered by this report. Yeah. If, if you, you were floating it. around in the sky, you would fall under other. Probably. If they didn't identify it, then you would yeah. be up. Correct. Unless you're actually like a secret super soldier, in which case you might be a foreign adversary system. And there you go. So Right. So those are the different categories that they're talking about. And they also talked about not just like here's it, it was almost like a, a peer-reviewed paper where they're talking about like future research. Mm-hmm. So they identified limitations that they had with their data collection. So the first and foremost they talked about was social stigma. People don't want to be labeled as crazy as that, you know, pilot who saw UFOs and, you know, not so Bob or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the other one we are kind of already mentioned was that the sensors for the on these military aircraft and uh, you know, naval ships aren't designed to pick up these sorts of things so they're they're that's not a tool used for that job like 
Right. So you're using a tool outside of its scope, which, you know, yeah. it's, it's part of why it's unidentified. Yeah. Uh, and a uh, third reason back into the human factor thing, there might be people who don't report things they see because they are worried that if they reported it, the mission will end because the commander might not want them flying around if there's, you know, stuff flying around. Yeah. And so guess what? Just... Flying jets is fun. Right. And pilots don't want to stop. So they're, yeah. you know what, you know what, that doesn't look dangerous. I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's probably my favorite one, actually. Right. So, and I can definitely see that being in the military. Like, I can 100% see not saying something just because, like, there's a deer on the range. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a deer on the range. What's that? <laughs> Keep firing on it. <laughs> We Not just that got I would shut ever down by Peter. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so the most important takeaway of this whole project is on page four. It's bolded. It's underlined. You can't miss it. It says unequivocally available reporting, largely inconclusive. Yeah. In other words, we don't know. Which I think is amazing. It's this. This is like we said earlier. This is skepticism in action by the U.S. government. They are saying, "Hey." We looked into this. We looked at the evidence. We examined it and we couldn't figure it out. So guess what? We're not going to make a conclusion here. We're just going to say we don't know. Right. That's Sometimes amazing. We don't know means we don't know. Yeah. We don't know does not mean aliens. Right. Or God or fairies or anything else. Yeah. So I think that's that's amazing. Um, and, and it's what we, you know, what we preach here on this podcast. So. So, other things to keep in mind for this report, there were 144 reports, but that doesn't mean that there were 144 times when an object was like running rings around an aircraft and was showing like all kinds of weird characteristics. It's just 144 times they saw something that they couldn't figure out what it was, and that's it. So, they said that only of the 144, 18 of them were had observers that reported UAP movements that displayed unusual flight characteristics. So things like the Nimitz incident. So 18 times observers, and it's unclear what counts as an observer. Is an observer like a person or is an observer just any report? It's unclear. Yeah. I wish they had been a little more specific about what they meant by that. Another thing that would have been nice if we'd seen the actual data on the 144 incidents, but I mean, I guess we probably can't see all the classified information. Yeah, so apparently the they prepared a report specifically for the congressional uh, hearing or whatever you call those people that did this that got a classified report. So, moral of the story is: if you want to know weird alien shit, you need to run for office and get elected. Yeah, because I remember watching Independence Day and the president found out about the aliens, but by then it was too late. So, well, yeah, I mean, by then they they were like in the sky. <laughs> yeah, like anybody could have looked up and seen them and seen that. You know, it's a weather balloon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the conclusion from the report, in addition to like, we don't know, they talked about these 18 things that displayed unusual flight characteristics. And they said that they're conducting further analysis in order to determine if breakthrough technologies were demonstrated. Breakthrough technologies are like technologies that are based on new physics or, or like some, some a generation beyond what we have. Like, you know, so like when we went from the biplane to the fighter jet, that was a breakthrough technology, right? Now, important, this does not mean that breakthrough technology was demonstrated. 
And I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, but it's only because I've seen people who should know better say, oh, yeah, well, they said it was inclusive. But look, 18 of them, they said demonstrated unusual flight characteristics. No, they didn't. They said 18 of them might. And we still need to look into it. Yeah. And if you look at the the wording here. It's very similar to that report, you know, in 1969. They're very specific about like, hey, we didn't find anything. Um, they're not saying that it was, you know, breakthrough technologies, which is what they're, you know, people should be worried about. Because if it was, you know, let's say right now Russia or China had some sort of crazy advancement in technology, we would want to know that. Uh, right. That's the sort of thing the government is interested in. Yeah. Which brings to us to the end. In summary... The, what what is most likely? So that's what we're asking ourselves as skeptics, right? If we're skeptics, we're always looking at what like what's the most likely explanation for the evidence we have, and we don't know what this what the explanation is. But let's say that these eighteen objects were in fact actual objects that were flying in crazy ways that our aircraft cannot currently do. Would that mean that there was aliens? No. No. Did I get it right? I got it right. Okay, right. Good. You got it right. Awesome. Because what that would mean is that there are 18 objects that are displaying flight characteristics that our aircraft can't currently do. So the more plausible explanation to that is, well, we haven't figured out to do we have not figured out how to do that yet. Maybe someone else, another human being, has figured it out. Yeah. Are there any other human beings who are like messing around with like space flight stuff or, you know, rocket technologies that uh, Didn't China just land a probe on Mars? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking like you got Bezos and Branson and Musk. They're all messing right. around with like super crazy technologies. <laughs> so if you wanted to show that there were aliens, you'd first you first need to rule out all of the more plausible explanations. Right. Like billionaires with unlimited money and time. <laughs> right. So you need to rule out your plastic bags, your weather balloons, your clouds. Then you need to rule out that it was just a government secret program. They didn't want to say anything. Then you need to rule out your Tony Starks and your Jeff Bezos. Jeff, Be- yeah. Jeff Bezos. Bezo- Bezo- Bezoes. Bezoes. Bezoans. Bezoians. <laughs> yes. You need to rule out your Jeff Bezoians. Uh, and... Then, and even then, you could, at least then you've done some work. I don't know if you could then plausibly conclude it was aliens, but like, these are the kind of steps you need to go through and you're going to progressively things that had a lower and lower initial probability to try to actually get to the real conclusion. Yeah. Once you really, one thing we didn't talk about, I think the report brought up was like, uh, just uh, equipment malfunction, you know, like that's a possibility too. Oh, sure. Yeah, Yeah. That, that, that's true. Uh, one explanation is that you're just wrong. Yeah. That there was not in fact something or the pilot was tired and so we say, which is a real thing. Like I've been tired. I, so as a, as an aside, if you're tired enough, you've never been this tired, you can actually see things. So Uh, I've been there too. When we were on a military exercise and I hadn't slept in probably close, it was 48 hours. And I think I was pushing 48 or it might've gone beyond it. And I was walking around in the woods at night, which also, you know, visibility is low. And I was looking through my night vision, trying to find a position where one of our people was at. And I swear, I saw a person step out from a tree, maybe 20 meters away from me and raise a Springfield muzzle loading rifle at me. 
And I looked at it and I was like, nope, there is no way that's real. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kept going. But it definitely looked like it. I saw that. Yeah. I've had so I've had similar things happen to me, you know, I'm watching a nightmare. I'm laying there like in the same position, focused on like a ten foot section of woods and like stuff just pops out. Like I'm like You start seeing things. Yeah, like sometimes you see weird stuff too. Like that can't be real. Like Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyways. Yeah, these are all the different things that and they do reference that in the report. So that's why this report is fantastic. Bottom line, report is a great example of skepticism. If you want to see skepticism in action, go Google up the report, or we'll probably I'll put it on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, if you want to, well, I'll put a link there. And so, if you want to see skepticism in action, read this report. This is exactly. I mean, it, sometimes it's boring. It's definitely not as fun and exciting as we saw aliens for sure. But hey, at least you're more likely to be right. Isn't it weird though that whenever we talk about like being skeptical, like we're never it's never something cool it's like yeah we don't have enough evidence like that that's that's like the major theme of like skepticism it's like yeah cool story bro uh well like this is why it's easier to make a breakthrough like podcast or something if you're like a new age person or you're i, I don't want to sound like i'm whining because i don't want to become a new agey person just to get people yeah. to listen to me but like man it's really easy for people to get to get people to listen to you and you're like dude I spoke to the creator of the universe this morning, bro, the creator. And I have magic powers. Like, yeah. <laughs> when you're not bound by, you know, limitations and you can say whatever the heck you want, like it's yeah. definitely easy, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, same thing over uh, and over. Yeah. If you want to be right, if that is something that you find valuable, uh, then skepticism is the way to go. So, we, we've kind of said this as, a, as, as if it were taken for granted, that aliens are unlikely. And so that's why we need to put it behind plastic bags and people and everything else. Uh, but we haven't really talked about why we think aliens are unlikely as an explanation. Yeah. Before, before we do that, though, I was listening to some responses in the, the media uh, about this report. And I found it interesting how many people were trying to spin it that either it was the government obviously hiding stuff and not revealing it, or they were reading stuff into the report that actually wasn't there. You know, like for example, we talked about the, the 18, you know, incidents or whatever, uh, they were reading into that, that maybe that was, you know, advanced technologies or something. Um, but one thing that I found interesting was, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who I'm a big fan of, uh, said, why is it that only these Navy pilots, you know, are the ones that are seeing these things? Like there's how many billions of people on the earth with high resolution cameras in their pockets? How come it's like the biggest crowdsourcing thing for alien, like searching for aliens in the world and nobody's got a picture of it. It's always on this fuzzy little, you know, black and white camera. That is a fantastic point. Uh, I saw an XKCD comic kind of to that thing. It's like we inadvertently prove Bigfoot doesn't exist because they put a graph of like Bigfoot sightings and they're constant. And then the other axis was the percentage of people who have a high definition camera on them at all times (laughs) going up to 99%, you know? Yeah. 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 That's a great point. Like if this kind of stuff was real and was really, so the reason that the reports we get are from Navy pilots and stuff, it's a selection effect. Yeah. So the, the people who are reporting it, two like channels that are going to produce reports like this are Navy pilots. Also the kind of places where people are like looking for weird stuff in the sky. Like if I was walking outside and I saw a light in the sky and I flipped around a little bit and went away, I'd probably like, Oh, 
that was weird. And then like, I wouldn't think anything of it, yeah. but if I'm doing security in an ICBM site, you know, I might report that because this is my job to look for weird stuff, you know? And so you're getting a little bit of a selection effect there where there are people who are, there's, there's a high concentration of sensors looking in places people don't normally look manned by people who are being told to report anything they see. Right. Yeah. But yes, if aliens were in fact abducting farmer John, that stuff would be on TikTok. There'd be Facebook live in that stuff, man. Like I'm being abducted by aliens right now. So, like, and yeah, that's another thing. Like, okay, well, yes and no. So that's assuming the aliens didn't stop him. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, which, yeah. So on the one hand, like if an alien was like coming down, I would probably like be running or something, but there are definitely people who would just immediately Facebook live, like, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be TikTok famous, you know, doing selfies with the aliens and stuff. Right. But if you think about it on the other side, if there is in fact an alien race that is advanced enough to travel through the stars that has that level of technology, dude, we would never see them. Not no. these cameras or nothing else. There is no way. Unless they're just messing with us. Unless they wanted us to see them. And they, they, in fact, I think if it's not, if it is aliens, the most plausible explanation is these guys are like pranking the entire human race. It's like, we're going to let them see us, but only in like weird fuzzy pictures, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That seems more probable to me than. Yeah. yeah. But but I mean, like, imagine it'd be like us if we wanted to observe an ant colony. We could do that without the ants having any idea because yeah, it's we're just like so the, beyond the fourth dimension kind of thing. Right. Right. Like it, it, if they had the ability to travel through the stars, they could just sit their ass in interplanetary space. Like there's no way we'd ever see them. Yeah. You know, the entire premise is kind of ridiculous that there are aliens with, they have technology sufficient to travel light years efficiently in the lifetime of the people on this ship. Right but they do not have technology sufficient to avoid the, the iPhone or the FLIR weapon system. Right. You know? Well, that's not to say that we don't think that aliens don't exist uh, because they probably do. Right. I mean, I think they probably exist. Yeah. Based on uh, the size of the universe, the amount of right. planets or galaxies there are, which we could do a whole podcast on this. We probably will in the future. Uh, but Basically, I think that aliens probably exist for the exact same reason I think we'll never see them. Because space is big. Like, really, really big. And however big you think it is, it's bigger than that. So, there's, there's just so many planets. There are, tr- there are trillions of trillions of planets around billions and billions of stars. And even if the conditions necessary for life are like a point, like a one in, a, in ten trillion there'll still be dozens of planets with life on them. Yeah. You know, advanced life. I, I think we might find life within our own solar system outside of the earth. Um, like simple life possibly. Yes. Yeah, so like on one like of the moons of Jupiter or something. or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But th- there's, but, but if the space is really big, so if there is intelligent life, there's, it's difficult to assess this. It's this entire thing is called the Fermi paradox. You know, we think there should be life. Why don't we see any? And part of it is, we don't. We only have one a sample size of one, right? We only have one planet, so we don't know very much about how life comes about. So it's hard for us to assess how likely or unlikely it is. But 
if it is unlikely but not impossible, then you would you would expect the nearest intelligent life to be very far away from us, not just in space, but also in time. The universe has been hypothetically hospitable for life for billions of years, but we've only been in a position to observe and maybe potentially receive transmissions for what, like a century or two? That's yeah. nothing on the cosmic scale. Like we, we have this hundred year window or 200 year window in which we could see something that, I mean, the dinosaurs could have seen some weird alien shit, but we like, yeah. <laughs> but you know, millions of years ago and we just missed each other. Right. Us and ET. They stopped by and said, that's, we're not messing with that planet. Look at the size yeah. of those things. Like, <laughs> right. Or on the flip side, you know, we could, we are the aliens to them. Like we could be evolving a million years ahead of where they are, you know? Right. So They're the still only in the way Stone Age could, right now. <laughs> right. The only way we could ever have the alien first contact experience is if one aliens exist, which I think they do, but they exist local to us in space and exist local to us in time, and you know, don't destroy us and all the rest. But like those three are necessary conditions, and each of those three is, you know, unlikely on their own. And when you put all three together. They become more yeah. unlikely. Yeah. Right. And then if you have all three of those, you have to add one more. And those aliens really want to go abduct some monkeys or apes off of this one earth and, you know, this planet in the middle of nowhere. In the for, middle of America in the 1950s. Like, right. Yeah. And pro butts seems to be the thing they are super into for some reason. Well, we could do, definitely do an episode on that at some point, like the phenomena yeah. around, you know, alien abductions and all that stuff. But yeah. To so bottom line, do aliens exist? I think so. I think it's likely. We don't know. We don't know, though. I'm not. I ha, I think that if I had to guess, if you forced me to put money on it, I would put money on aliens existing. I'm an agnostic alienist. Exactly. I do not know. I don't think I have a sufficient evidence to know. But if I had to guess, I would guess there is. Yeah. However, I also don't think that aliens have abducted Farmer John or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That your cousin really saw E.T. or whatever. Yeah. And if you want to see a fantastic example of people who agree with me and Jared, then go look at the report from the government, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. It's only nine pages. It's very quick to get through. If you've been seeing reports from people in the news saying that the government's acknowledges breakthrough technology or that the government's, you know, Saying there's aliens or whatever, or just whatever. Read, the re- yeah. read the report for yourself. It's very simple to read. Yeah, that's a good report. I like yeah. it. Well, that's, yeah, that's all we have for today. That's a that's short and sweet one. Yeah. I uh, hope uh, this has cleared up something for you. I'm sorry to disappoint anyone who's looking for actual reports of aliens, uh, but I don't know. Sorry, the universe sucks. <laughs> hey, there's always next week. Yeah, you never know. Could be. That's right. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, please leave a comment, uh, a like, thumbs up, whatever, on whatever platform you use to get to us. That really helps uh, for several reasons. One, it makes it more likely that our show will be suggested to other people so we can get a broader audience. It also tells us that we're doing well or not. So uh, we're always happy to hear constructive criticism if you think there's something we could be doing better or if there's a topic you want us to cover. Just let us know. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash reason, the number two doubt, reason to doubt. Uh, you can also go on YouTube. Uh, I think most podcast formats have a way to comment there too. Leave a comment and I promise that one of us will read it. And uh, if it's a 
topic that we can possibly address, then we'll do that. The other thing too you can do is if you like this and you get some enjoyment out of it, maybe one of your friends will like it or one of your family members would like it. Or if you want to piss somebody off, you could right. do that too. Like, yeah, if, if you've got like a really arrogant friend of yours who like is constantly handing you like Jesus loves you tracks and you want to hand something back to them, shoot them our way. Like, that'd yeah. be great. We'll, we'll talk to them. Or, well, we'll listen, the, <laughs> we'll listen make to them us. Pissed, yeah. We'll make them pissed at us and so that they'll leave you alone. That's there a service go. that we will do for you. Okay. Reason to doubt pissing off your religious neighbors since 2021. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, definitely use us in order to anger those in your community. And until next time, remember, you've always got reason to doubt. Peace out.